0: listening to episode 43, chapter 5
1: of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. So here we are, chapter 5 this week. Uh, We've been doing
0: this actually for a few weeks now. Um, instead of continuing our episodes or conversations with our guests into a fifth chapter, Chris, you and I have been taking some time to kind of reflect and apply what we've taken from these amazing conversations with our guests. and so, I think when we talk about suffering, uh especially as it relates to how we live a lifestyle of discipleship, taking the time to reflect on this and actually... Uh, take some time to apply this to our lives is really, really important, so that's what we want to do today on this uh, on this chapter five after a great conversation with Jenny. Uh, so Chris, um, if you had to kind of sum up the the value of this conversation in a single statement that then carried into like two or three minutes of explanation. <laughs> What would you say is the value of suffering for a lifestyle of discipleship?
1: God is going to use suffering in your life to grow you in ways that you didn't know you needed to grow. Um through that that means that we can just go through all five all five steps of the lifestyle of discipleship. I think that's the way it's going to end up playing out in your life. You're going to discover who you really are in relation to God through through suffering if you if you uh, uh you know suffer well um you're going to have to develop whole new patterns of routines and rhythms in life and practice the basics in order to uh, cope and get through that suffering that's going to be part of what your growth experience is going to be like you're going to need to walk with people you're going to need people around you and you're you're going to need to be vulnerable and rely on them um through your suffering god is going to use you to then in turn uh minister and to touch other people. So you're gonna be able to serve them with with a particular purpose in mind uh through the journey that you know you have to suffer through. And then you're gonna be able to use your experiences to help make other disciples. And uh whether this be just being there for somebody else, this kind of this could go hand in hand with walking with someone else, um, just letting them know that hey, it's okay to suffer. Uh, this could be an evangelistic part of your testimony. Then you can reach out to people and say, you know what? I was in this place and suffering and this is how God, um, healed me and used that in my life. Uh, the, so that, that could, that could all come through a myriad of ways, but God is going to use the suffering in your life to do things that you didn't know you needed to, to have done. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean we should, uh, uh we're going to be happy about suffering, Um, But I do think it means we can get to a place where we can be grateful for having gone through the experience. Um, And I've at least found that to be true in my own life, something that I wish uh, so much that I could reverse and take back, you know, the uh, losing my mother to suicide. Um, But I can look back and I can be grateful for the experience I've been on for the last three years because God has used that in my life. To, like I said, grow me in ways I didn't know I needed to grow because I thought I was doing pretty good, you know, where I was and it, it had to completely, completely change. Um, the other lesson I guess I'd like to emphasize right here is just that uh, I, I think learning about suffering ahead of time. Uh, is so important. Reading a book like Shaped by Suffering by Ken Boa and Jenny Abel um, is because we're all going to experience suffering. If you haven't experienced suffering yet, um, you will. And uh, for for those of you who have, um, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. But learning about this stuff from a theological perspective, I think, can absolutely save your life. So that's one of the things that I like to talk about. Is that when I got that call, um, you know. From my brother, and he told me that my mom had taken her own life. It was really theology that ended up saving my life because I knew who Jesus was. And I knew some of these things, like, you know, uh, suffering is going to do something in my life that I didn't know uh, I needed, you know, and I had, I had already built an eternal perspective towards this idea of suffering, although this was going to be a new level of it that I've never experienced. Those things. Although I had to learn them in my heart in a, in a whole new way that made them so much more real to me, I at least was able to approach this experience from the standpoint of theologically being grounded in a biblical centered place. And so it wasn't like I was I had to go through like a a, a crisis of conscience or an existential uh, angst of am I going to be a Christian?" I my foundation was firm in that regards, and so I was able to just simply, uh, you know, do the biblical things like lament and then be sorrowful, and and then again throw myself completely into chasing after Christ because I knew that He was the answer um, to to my pain, and that you know, uh, taking on His yeah. burden was going to be so much lighter. And so I, I think that's another big takeaway is is this is that this is an important topic and lesson that we all must learn before we move into suffering, because we're going to definitely learn it and struggle with it then.
0: You know, I want to add something else that I found really helpful. Uh, And and we mentioned it. I don't remember which chapter it was that we talked about this with Jenny. Um, Sometimes though, nowadays we have this idea that if a Christian suffers, they're somehow not doing God's will. They have sin in their life or something else bad is, is going on. It's their fault or, or something. Um, but you look at situations like uh, John chapter 9, where the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man or his parents that, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, in not so many words, nobody did, but this is so that God could get the glory in this situation. And again, it's not that God produces the suffering. It's not that he creates it and causes it. Uh, but... We do have to be aware that as Christians, suffering is not a symptom of you doing something wrong. It could just be a symptom of living in a broken world where you are going about your everyday lives and all of a sudden something just happens. Um, Chris, I mean, in, in your story, th- there's literally nothing that you did to cause your mom to to struggle in the ways that she did. And yet, here you are suffering because of it. And it's in that place, though, that this eternal perspective that we're talking about becomes so valuable because we realize that even Jesus himself suffered and, like, Scripture says he learned obedience from what he suffered. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Jesus went through suffering and was, in a way, transformed. And so he
1: learned obedience.
0: Yeah, which is crazy when you think about the fact that God incarnate, Jesus, fully man, fully God, somehow had to learn obedience. Well, if you look at what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane, though, where you see Jesus literally sweating drops of blood, um, it becomes clear that the choice to follow the will of God and willingly go into suffering was not an easy thing for Jesus to do. To sacrifice his life, his human physical life, for the sake of following God's will was not something that was easy for him to do. It is not an easy choice to make, but he learned obedience by doing that. It's part of why we see the the um, story of the, the temptation in the wilderness before Jesus really started into his ministry. Um, these things would not have been tempting if Jesus had not struggled to actually resist them. Um, he was a he, he was a man. After forty days, you're going to be hungry if you've been fasting. And so the, the temptation to turn stones into bread is going to be mighty appealing. Um, at that point, I'm sure the Spirit had been working things in his life and he began to get an idea of what it was that uh, the rest of the, the three and a half years of his life was going to look like. And it probably was awful tempting to, to hear the devil say, I will make all of this go away if you just worship me. So all that to say, suffering is not something to be avoided. Um, I mean, sure, by all means, don't, don't, <laughs> don't just willingly dive into it. But yeah. when it comes, we don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to shy away from it. Uh, because if we have an eternal perspective, we know that God is going to be working in our lives to transform us, just like he did Jesus. And... That's a, that's a really comforting thing to me anyway. It gives me hope. It's the hope that we were talking about in the last chapter with Jenny. Um, we have a hope that in the end, God's going to do his thing. He's going to, to make everything right. Um, and that ultimately, he's going to get all the glory for it.
1: How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that.
0: listening To this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Jenny's work with Ken Boa, check out kenboa.org. If you like what you've heard this week, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you use. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.